Hello and welcome parents, parents by nature, parents by choice, and anyone with no apparent reason for being here. I am your host, Chris Osborne, and you are listening to the next episode of Judgy Parents Watching. Welcome back to Judgy Parents Watching. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Chris Osborne. With me, as always, is... Naomi Swenson. Naomi, how are you doing? I am doing good. Just good? <laughs> <laughs> I am doing great. You're doing great because it has been a bit of a hiatus for us. It has. We took we took summer off <laughs> and then we got a little extra summer off. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to... I'll fall on the sword on this one. Okay, tell us, Naomi, why have we had a bit of a pause on the podcast? Uh, because I'm pregnant. Yay! Yay! Um, and I felt terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's the long and short of that situation. I am expecting a girl. Lovely. And she will be due in March. Can you tell us what the nickname for the bun in the oven is right now? In the oven. Um, yeah, so we actually have two, which there's one which I think is going to become ours. <laughs> you and me. You and me. Yeah. Uh... And the people listening to the podcast, I'm a family. And then there's my actual family. So my family call her Dot because when she is put in, you see her on the screen and you basically see this flash, this dot flash, and that's her in there as a little embryo. That's wild because I remember you telling me there was like a flash yeah. of light. Yeah, it's the most bizarre thing. You go in, there's no doubting that IVF is a difficult process to go through and we were, we were lucky in that process, so um, appreciating that, but there are some things that I don't think people talk about which are great and amazing, and, and this is one of them, which is they get the ready to all be put in, they've got the ultrasound on you to look at it, and then someone walks in with the embryo and then puts it inside and attaches it. And you see it's like this flash. It's genuinely like a flash of light. Wow. And that is, and there's a scientific thing for what that is. I think it's, it's attaching and that's what the flash is, but I'm not a scientist. But it is incredible. And honestly, I think after there's, you know, when you're not doing it the regular way, sometimes a little bit of the magic is lost because... It's not really a surprise. You hope that you're going to have a positive pregnancy yeah. test. Um, we knew the sex going in. Um, sorry, the gender going in. And But um, no, that that was felt really wonderful and very, very special moment. And we're very excited. You know, now that we're discussing Little Giants, a uh, football movie, maybe we ourselves should push the goalpost back a little bit for this season, which we said we were going to do eight episodes. I think we're on episode four, so we're like halfway I think we, there. I think we better make the most of these months whilst I feel good. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think we could hopefully knock out four more before uh, Little Dot arrives. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And actually with that, that's one name, but you and I have a different name. Yes, and what is that name? That, that name is, is Nando. <laughs> because... We have many things that we've bonded over, mm -hmm. but I do think there's a wonderful chicken restaurant oh my goodness. in England called Nando's, and I think it was literally around the day that I found out that I was pregnant, and I was messaging with you guys about it, and then we found out that they were opening a Nando's in Austin, which is still to be opened. 
but it was around the same time, so it felt only right for the nickname for my child to be Nando. Yeah, this is our opportunity to potentially get some sponsorship from <laughs> Nando's because that's really the long game of this whole podcast is just right. to get some Piri Piri chicken, some <laughs> free Piri Piri chicken. Uh, it's so good. Cheeky Nando's. If you've ever experienced a Cheeky Nando's... You are blessed. Yeah, you are blessed if you've experienced a Cheeky Nando's. And the only thing I ever do before someone goes to Nando's is, you know, if they're visiting England from America, so they've got one shot, is I'll tell them what to get. Because you don't want to see people, like, messing around with the salad. And oh, saying, like, oh, God, I'm, no. I'm going out for dinner tonight. No, screw that. No, no, no. Like, you have to give them at least some options and guidance around, like how to make the flavors work, mm -hmm. what sides are good. If anyone wants to know, I'll give you my recommendation. And if anyone wants a recommendation on how many pints to drink before Nando's, I'd say five is a good starting point. I, I, I think you either go in after five pints or you go in before you drink five. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. So yeah, highly recommend. But also I'm pregnant. Yeah. We spent more time talking about the chicken. Actually, no, let's spend more time talking about Nando's because honestly, in the long run, that's what's more important for this baby too, is to give her some free food. But Naomi, congratulations. I can't wait to see this baby, to meet it, for it to be the, the baby in our group. Our youngest is turning five in December and I totally miss that baby part and can't wait to do some babysitting always welcome yeah change some diapers so yeah we're very very excited and apologies for there being a bit of a hiatus between ivf itself and then the early pregnancy it was a little rough there but obviously totally worth it so i appreciate your patience and we're very very excited to be back to kick us back off uh we've got kevin plant who is an amazing coach himself. He lends his insight to coaching both kids and also parents. And that was a, a big part of his experience and also the experience in Little Giants, the movie that we'll be reviewing today. And so let's, let's get into it, yeah? Let's do it. All right, thanks for joining us again, y'all. Welcome back to Judgy Parents Watching. Thanks again for joining us. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, but here back again with Naomi Swenson. Oh, Naomi, it's so good to see you. There's so much more of you now. So I'm nearly six months pregnant, and that's what we're going for. <laughs> because last time we recorded the podcast, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just about, I, um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to this at a different point. I, we did IVF, so I knew I was just about to get pregnant. And in my mind, I genuinely thought like, oh, I wonder what it'll be like when I announce on the podcast. But like, <laughs> this did not come up in my mind. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit, I could have used way more tact. But it just came out of like a bowl in a china shop. Just kind of like a lot of things that uh, I, I end up doing. So I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I'm actually really glad. So yeah, hi. <laughs> Great to be here. You should do this more often. <laughs> I'm really uh, looking forward to my intro now. <laughs> All right. And with us today is a glowing Naomi. And... <laughs> I just move on, Chris. Right. Right. Digging my own hole now. I'm just. 
a beautiful man with us today with a remarkably groomed beard. Love it. Twirling the mustache right now. <laughs> Again, one of the most manicured beards you'll ever see on our parent of the week this week, Kevin Plant. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You make me blush, you know, so it's good. I can't see it over the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, how's your week been, man? Um, it's a bit all over the place. I have been, I, I was saying it's very timely for this. I've been kicking off two basketball teams. I'm coaching the basketball team for my son's school, which <laughs> ballooned into 20 kids. So it's two Whoa. basketball teams. Like, so it's two teams you're doing now? Two basketball teams you're coaching? So I ended up with three assistant coaches. So we're going to do practice all together. And then two of them are going to go off and coach like head coach the day for the games. Wow. You really made an assembly line out of this <laughs> basketball Absolutely. squad. And it, it turns out that dealing with 40 parents when you're like splitting the teams into two, like everyone has an idea and stuff. So it's actually been <laughs> comical. It's been very comical. Oh my God. Yeah. What has the parent response been? Sounds like there could be a lot of volatile personalities there. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, among all the parents, there's tons of personalities and the the normal parent, the average parent is like, Thank you so much for coaching. I wouldn't do it, so that you're doing it is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, but then the the extreme ones on the edge are like are like you know my kid needs this. You need to put this person on this team, and like that it's awful to deal with. I'm like I I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> Actually, one of the there was a a mom that was fighting, and I was like, yeah, you know, she got a little salty there, and the other assistant coach was like. No, not salty. She was raw sewage toilet water. And I was like, oh! <laughs> and she thought that before having this conversation. <laughs> it just come to mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, now that we have you on a public platform, who is this raw sewage parent that we were talking about? <laughs> yes, yeah, let me name names. I'll name names. Just let it all out. <laughs> I mean, my son played soccer and basketball since he was like, I don't know, four. So like every year you kind of go through the, you know, watch them play sports. And so this movie overall, like it speaks a lot to me because the parents do get super involved and the coaches get super involved and it, it people are way, make way more of it than it actually is. And people get lost in it. And so like you see that in this movie and then, but it's actually closer to real life than you would think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's crack into Little Giants, but before we get started, just like everything with parents, we got rules. The first rule is privacy, which means we're going to be sharing stories about our kids, but not their names. We're just going to use their nicknames. It's more fun for me, not Naomi. Uh, <laughs> and I just love to see her squirm when trying to remember her kid's nickname. I think you should say like you know what? I will be chivalrous. Yes, okay, I'll, I'll take this over. This, this heavy lifting for our pregnant co-host here. Okay, so your kids' nicknames, you've got the high schooler mm -hmm. who's in high school. Yes. Do you have two in high school? Or just just the, one? the one. Okay, yeah, just the one in high school, the high schooler. And then the middle one is Oysters because fancy boy. He's nearly 14. Nearly 14. All right, and then the youngest is the big easy because... Big easy. He still is, you know. Uh, he was from the day we started this podcast and he remains... To this day. Yes. My kids hung out with the Big Easy a couple weekends ago, and I've got two girls. The oldest one, her name is Kitty Unicorn. Mm -hmm. And the youngest one, we're calling the comedian. Yeah. And Kevin, your kid's nickname. Um, he is Smash. 
as in Smash Brothers. So, <laughs> he's a he's a great, wonderful kid. He uh he's just most recently he's just learning how to do a Rubik's cube, which is like totally blowing my mind. But I love Dude. to see it. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All right, second rule is keep it family friendly, which means we're not going to be using any four letter words or objectionable language. You know, we want you to. Listen to this with your family too, including your dogs who might be pawing at the door. Who's to say what's happening right now? <laughs> they want to come in. What we're going to do is we're going to get to the end of this section and then I'm going to sort them out. So we're not going to be saying any bad words, but we're going to be we're going to try and edit ourselves and replace it with the word of the week. And the word of the week this week is fumble ruski. Fumble ruski, I can do it. Man, that sounds great in your accent. Fumble ruski. <laughs> All right, take, Here, it, take it back a little bit. Take it back. <laughs> All right, third rule is just have fun. And yeah, a lot of stuff happening in the world now. We're just going to focus on Little Giants tonight and have some fun. So let's get into it. And before we start it, I also wanted to give you the origin story of Little Giants. Did you read this on IMDb? No, trailer? I read some notes for this. Little Giants was a spinoff of a McDonald's Super Bowl commercial that involved this league of peewee football players and parents it was a 90 second commercial, which in today's cost, that would be upwards of, God, probably $20 million for a Super Bowl spot. But anyway, Steven Spielberg saw this commercial, liked it so much that he wanted someone to turn it into a script. And that's how we have Little Giants. Wow. Wow. I'm just curious before we get into it. I mean, I love football, big football fan. Don't have any kids who would probably play football. I don't have an ice box of my own. My my kids are more on the cheerleading side and, and proud of it too. There's nothing wrong with, you know, all, all things to all kids who whatever sport they want to do. But would y'all let your kids play football now that we know today what we probably already knew back then? So I so I'll I'll say my son loves playing football with kids on the street. He loves like throwing a football. He will watch football with me. He's like been we went to a a game in Austin. All that was good. But like actually playing football together, there's no possible way that I would let him play. Like, <laughs> in the in the opening scene of the movie, there's like one kid gets hit during the tryout. And they take the helmet off and there's a big splotch of red on his head. And you're like, oh, God, yeah. I didn't expect to happen. That's what I expect to happen. And it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But still, <laughs> kids to be bleeding out of their head. For yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I have a uh, my brother-in-law. He played football in college. And then later he went to live in London. So he's living in London having played offensive lineman for four years in well high school and then college. And he went to the doctor there and they, you know, he had something wrong with his hip and they were like, were you in like 20 car accidents? Like what is wrong with you? We've what? never seen hips like this. Wow. And it, like all the cartilage was destroyed from having played offensive line in football. And the doctors over there were floored. They'd never seen anything like it. Even besides head injuries, you know, there it's, it is really tough on your body. So I, I can't imagine letting my kid play. Well, I guess we can kiss our NFL sponsorship goodbye. I don't know if we'll be getting them for a sponsor, but thanks for that anecdote. I will admit that two of our boys have dabbled in football. I mean, they all did like flag football when they were younger, which um, my husband Jake actually coached. The high schooler did do football for a little bit going into high school. Didn't love it. He just prefers rock climbing and soccer with his friends and that kind of stuff, which I'm all good with. And then Oysters actually has just come out of 
a season of doing it at school in middle school and that's like right when you're first you know using pads and yeah. doing that kind of stuff it was something you wanted to do I would say I wasn't super excited at the violence and the potential <laughs> thing breeze and I'm sorry I'm not no, super <laughs> excited about the, the violence, violence. <laughs> like, violence is at its core but you know I was right. <laughs> well and it's yeah I'd say the only reason I was half entertaining it is that he was by far the largest person on the team <laughs> he's a big boy so he was just doing that and actually he got one he's there was one time he said he got concussion I think he just didn't want to go to practice honestly <laughs> <laughs> This is like this, this balance. Get back in there. Get back in there. Like, Wait, I have this thing where I'm really tired. Oh, I, I think I got hit in the game last night. Literally what happened, I'm like. But no, he he actually did sustain only one injury during that season. And it was, he dropped his hydroflask on his foot. And <laughs> his smallest toe. Oh, I mean, that is painful. And he uh, lived for three days. Oh, which, yeah. No, no, no. On a, on a total aside, on a total aside, I don't ever remember drinking like any water as a kid. I feel like we got like <laughs> one visit to the water fountain a day, and now kids are like beached whales. They have water like attached to them on their person at all times. <laughs> so true. And, uh, so yeah. So basically, I haven't been massively concerned either about the longevity of their football careers or the injuries that will do because he just dropped a hydro flask and then had to go off the team. <laughs> that was his career ending injury. Career injury. Career ending injury. <laughs> what a hydroplast. I mean, imagine what else could drop on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into the parents of the movie, there was a great variety yeah. of parents, parenting styles. Out of all the parents in this movie, which one was y'all's MVP? Your top choice of parent that you would maybe model yourself after or at the very least we're just like happy to see them yeah i mean the rick moranis grows as a parent through the movie so you yes. know he, he he turns into a good parent in the end and he uh basically uh gets through his own personal challenges so that he can become the parent that he needs to be i think that's the uh, you know that's the one that resonates the most maybe i guess I'd say similar, honestly. I liked, there were little things even from the start, like um, when he's, is he in the bakery or whatever it is, the coffee shop? And then um, he says, I hear you're coaching the team. And then he turns around and looks at the kids and he just picks up on it. Oh, and yeah. And he like goes ahead. And then just that alone is like, I appreciated that. Like, you got to roll with the punches. You just got to do what the kids, you know, want, kind of want you to do. And there's a little bit of fun and like just taking on and rolling up your sleeves. And he does it totally and perfectly. And of course, you know, to your point, Kevin, he it grows through the course of the um of, of the course of the movie and he's better by the end for sure. But it's like who doesn't have their own stuff to deal with? At least he's trying, he's showing up as a parent in his own way. That's exactly it, Naomi. And I loved how he showed up as a parent in any situation that you put him in, whether that was saying, Yeah, I'm gonna coach the team. And also growing from the feedback that his daughter gave him when he was kind of a little too into the team. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I, I definitely resonated with a kid getting you into a sport or getting you interested in something and you become just as interested uh, in it as them, if not more, and maybe go a little over the top with it, maybe too far. And they've got to like 
reel you back in and bring you back down to earth. And right. I, I, I just felt that that was such an accurate depiction of what, what happens sometimes in parenthood and in also life. Yeah, you can get you can definitely get lost in in what you perceive as the kid's interest. And it can be anything, right? It could be school. It could be uh, it could be a hobby. It could be sports and or even like their friends in their social group. You can be like start to make that more important than the kid themselves. There's a fine line between showing <laughs> some passion and commitment and like driving it in them, but also like getting behind them and them feeling like they're supported to taking that too far. And I think movies, as is often the way kind of ramps that up to a more theatrical sense because of course. Relate to. but of course it's like like I remember my parents I used to really like the color purple and I was really into horse riding at the time and then one day I decided I didn't like horse riding anymore and they were like oh that's so exciting and they were pointing out horses on the drive <laughs> and I was like oh I'm so over this now and they're like whoa you know yeah. sorry and they were kind of very self-conscious and like they got no warning that suddenly this was something that my interests had changed about and they were just showing this enthusiasm, but from the child's perspective, it feels like a lot. Yeah, yeah. And like when your interest almost encroaches on theirs, yeah. it kind of loses its shine to it. You know, it kind of has a little bit of a tarnish when the parents are like, hey, let me in too. I want to play, you know? <laughs> the line in the movie that got me the most, maybe it's too early to talk about it, but I'll bring it up anyway, is when he's like, but you know, this is your idea. You don't want to play football? Like, this is your idea. And th that was the point where, you know, it transitioned from like, yes, she likes playing football, but now you've made it into something that it's not, right? And now she doesn't like it, right? And so like you bring your own interest into joining up and then all of a sudden they, you know, the kids might pull back, right? They might not yeah. like purple anymore. <laughs> <laughs> One parent that I really liked in the movie and maybe not my MVP, but definitely I'd say defensive player of the year is the the mom, Karen O'Shea. Yeah. Laughing at Danny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and just like not really taking anything seriously that the dad was saying. And in this imaginative world of Ur Urbania, Ohio, I'm thinking that she probably divorced Danny O'Shea and is <laughs> with some like shaman in New Mexico right now. <laughs> I, I think she escaped that marriage. And I mean, she was showing more independence than the average wife of someone like Danny in a movie like this typically shows. And you got to just love, like, you know that she cooked that popcorn for the kids to eat whilst they watched that video over and over. Again. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good detail right there. <laughs> but, you know, it's that thing of, like, there's a difference between the, you know, we, me and the kids will always, like, have a little bit of a joke about something that Jake will do. And, you know, something that he said sometime, but it's, to add, it's poor loving. And, <laughs> <laughs> but it felt a little bit like he wasn't there. Oh, was yeah. I really just like the, the mom's independence and also like lack of respect for authority and, and yeah. just, you know, wanting him to realize what was going on and, you know, bring about some change right. in, in other kids' lives as well. And I think they made it, they made it like a clear turnaround, like the, you know, the opening scene of them having dinner or them eating. And it's, it's again, it's him and three girls, but then he's like, 
just straight up chauvinistic initially he's like yes you guys are cheerleaders and you know nothing about football and i'm the man and that makes me better and <laughs> like uh and then that the, he got his comeuppance in that that like look these girls are gonna be independent and they don't actually care what you think you're just being ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> he's such a in essence a pretty one-dimensional character because he is this classic 90s chauvinist he fits a stereotype but i think he he does do a good job of there's a little bit more going on behind the eyes around him recognizing um his need to adjust but not wanting to and mm. you know there's he's hearing it and he's, it's like he's hearing what he's saying but doesn't want to accept it and it's it's a t- i think that that was probably the toughest role to play in all of the movie because he's not totally dislikable you know? right what I thought was really interesting was Ed O'Neill's, you know, being the antagonist in the movie, he kind of needed to see a worse version of himself in order to come to grips with what he needed to improve. And he was able to do that with another parent on the team, which was, you know, even crazier than he was. Spike's yeah. father. Spike's father. Oh yes. Well, it's kind of the, so if I, if in a word, I I think he's, that depiction is like toxic masculinity. That's what he that's what he's typecast as, and that's what he keeps going back to. But his what what has been brilliant about him throughout his career is that it's not the aspect of toxic masculinity maybe celebrating it. It like always keeps highlighting the insecurity piece of it as yeah. the cause, right? He's always he's always unable to be successful because of how insecure he is around the world as it is as reality. Right. And yeah. his really poor coping mechanisms. And that was it through this whole game, like, you know, living in the past and harping on the, on the things that you did before. And, and then like uh, trying to get a Corvette because that's going to make you feel cooler, <laughs> you know? So it's like, he, he, he is that to a T and it's like, it's a great caricature. It's not just a caricature. It's like actually, does it in a way that you see you see the holes in it rather than just uh you know just what it portrays itself as i appreciate it as well the i guess the flashback scene that they have right at the beginning of them as kids Mm -hmm. they could have very easily made him pretty obnoxious in that and he has an element of being obnoxious there but you can tell that there's a good relationship and there is a closeness between him and his brother there is some kind of softness there yeah there's definitely a fraternal bond right. you know like it's not as if he's not totally trying to shun him right you know and it's that grow obviously as grown get wider as a gap by the time that they're adults but i do think it was important to have that to lean on in the movie because it's like it helps them realize that there is a relationship there there's just some major things that are creating that have them on totally parallel paths but there is fundamentally a closeness and I thought it was clever in that first flashback to actually have that as a starting point because they you, you don't they never hated each other mm-hmm. they're just resentful of each other in different ways yeah. yeah yeah at the start of the movie they basically had the draft day for the Cowboys all the starters all the kids playing they were picked none of the other kids that made the cut they were it was like it was almost like a public execution the way that they <laughs> did the picks there rick moranis's character goes up to his brother and is like what the hell are you doing these are kids all they want to do is have fun and kevin basically says this is the lessons like kids need to learn and you know if you knew how to parent your daughter 
And like, that was just so out of line and bordering on just like punchable moments. I'm wondering, Kevin, outside of coaching, have you have any, have you had any uh, punchable parenting moments? <laughs> outside of coaching? Um, it Actually, coaching has introduced too many of them, but <laughs> yes, outside of, outside of coaching, there are, there are parents who, who you do. Yeah. You do feel I in going what we're talking about that get like the absolute wrong message uh from the things that their kids are involved in you know um the the ones that get me the most is that like kids at this age they especially in sports they can be good in sports and they can do a lot right and so you watch these games and the kids are actually like really engaged and they're doing the sport things really well like so kids a good quarterback or he's good at catching but like the kids at this age are also very emotionally fragile and so you have parents that treat the kids like they're full grownups and the kid is like loses it or, or, you know, brings it inside, but that kid, he can't talk to him like that, you know? And like, you can't say the things to a kid that you say to an adult and parents, parents don't always realize that. So yeah, I think uh, there's definitely times when you're like, you're like, I can't handle you, your parenting. <laughs> you <need to> <laughs> Yeah, no, we we don't advocate for punching parents, but <laughs> I am, there are moments when as much as they deserve it, you know. <laughs> I think it's the thing where it's like when you see things which how you decided not to parent for any other mm -hmm. any particular reason, mm -hmm. and I think sport, whatever hobby it is, you can tell the parents who how they're supporting their children going into that situation. There are some where you can tell the pressure. There's this like intensity in how they're walking, how they're moving how their parents interact. Um, you know, our youngest is on a soccer team. And actually I love that he's been on the same team for two years and all the parents are pretty chill. Mm -hmm. um, and it's more like this super supportive. And then every now and then it's like, guys, you're not going to score a goal unless you get the ball today. <laughs> and so there's, it's, it's, but it's like, they show up every day um, to do to practice. And there's like that commitment and giving them hugs at the end. And then sometimes you see the opposing teams and it's this, it's almost as a movie style thing in terms of like the little giants, we're like the little giants in that situation. And then the other team, they are yelling so hard at the kids on the pitch as they're playing. And so, yeah, and so like, I'm not, and it's for me, I sit there and I'm like, they're being so obnoxious <laughs> because it's that like, get it, get it, like, and just find this, like, fighter, like, ag aggression, and yeah. they're encouraging this aggression, how they're playing, and I'm like, this is a group of 11-year-olds playing soccer, can we please, like, get a reality check on what's going on, because it's not a big deal, and it, I'm not, like, undermining the importance of it, but, like, what are you going to get out of that, what good lesson have you taught in that situation, and then um, and the other thing I saw that I hate is a kid who was doing really hard at the baseball team, one of our kids used to be at, and she was just on her phone, totally ignoring him. And the kid runs up. He's he was bowling. What do you call it? Pitching. 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 <laughs> no, but, um, no, the kid was pitching again and again, working really hard, and literally walked up to the net and said, "Hey, mom, can you watch? Because I'm doing some really good stuff." And you're just oh. talk about the two extremes that you can see of how parents are behaving. That bothers me. Yeah, that's a throw the phone into the. Late. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm never looking at my phone again. 
after the kids are selected to play on the Cowboys, the one peewee football team in the town, that's when they decide to have a playoff between the two. Rick Moranis coaches the Little Giants. And again, going back to the dad adapting to the kids. And I, I really do like how he just dove right into it. And there wasn't any hesitation. He got all the equipment. He put on that press conference for the kids, yeah. which I loved. I swear to self a lip. Yeah, yeah. And can I just jump in on that press conference? Because even separate from the kids and the parents there was like, would you be that comfortable inviting like 20 just strange families over to your house? I feel like that's like a totally different thing. Like, like I thought of inviting all these parents that on the, on the teams I've been involved into my house. And I'd be like, God, that'd be so awkward. Like it'd be so incredibly awkward. <laughs> like I could have them, I could take them. We could all like meet up at the, I don't know, the backyard of a patio or something. But bring right. Somebody, and these are my neighbors. Like I actually kind of do know all of them, but <laughs> no, I can't imagine bringing them all over. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of wish I could. I wish I could have anything like that, but. No, I feel like you. Ha- there's a few people in this world who did. Jake would do it. Oh yeah, Jake would sure. do it a hundred percent. And he like great for him. And I actually it's a quality I love about him. But he sometimes makes me feel more introverted with how extroverted he is. Like he because because for me I'm like, how am I supposed to escape the social situation if they're in my house? Yeah. <laughs> You're like know. that's where I live at. And, yeah, and I like people, and I would love that kind of thing. But doing it at your house, there's a level of intimacy there and like lack of rules around when this needs to end. (laughs) (laughs) Rick Moranis has been in three Judgy Parents Watching Mm -hmm. movies that we've had so far. And this one, I feel like he's got the most charisma. When, uh, shoot, what's the name? The Spike's dad. Yeah. And he says, "Um, are you Coach O'Shea? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And then, one sec. Ozzy, place, place, go back upstairs. Is that a a dog or a kid? (laughs) 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 But no, it's like he says something to him, like you're a little bit short for for a professional player or something like that. And he goes, that's what they all thought. And I'm just like, that's a guy who could pull that one down. Yes, he's got the answer for everything. He He leans into it. He doesn't shy away from anything. And I do feel like part of that is from the competition between him and his brother, Mm -hmm. always having to kind of try and be one step ahead of him. And so not that I'm saying that's a good thing, but he definitely (laughs) got something out of it. But man, yeah. I also feel like there's a bit of a Moranaissance in our judgy parents watching world because there's so much of him. And when I, and I had to do a bit of Wikipedia for Rick Moranis. This was a movie that he filmed almost right after his own wife died and the really? the mother of his kids. Yeah. And so they switched the story of the the mother being dead to the mother being absent out of respect to Rick Moranis's actual real life. And then after the movie, he essentially quit acting to become a full-time dad. And I'm like, are you serious? I am dead serious. Yes. And I hate the way that I just used dead serious in connection 
with Rick Moranis's other wife. But I, I, so I didn't even realize that his wife passed away. But you know, it's funny because now you say it, it does feel like it makes sense that that was an edit. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it seemed like a bit of a weird throwaway thing. Like, what was it that Icebox says? It's all Becky says. It's like, um, she chose a better path. Oh my God. Out of nowhere and then never mentioned again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man. That quote, Rick Moranis' character said, you know, mom chose to leave us and, you know, bring us together. She quit. She quit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, she, she didn't choose. She quit. She quit and she found a better team. Yeah. Oh, that and was I was it. like, yeah, she quit and she found a better team. I was like, oh man, that is. <laughs> worst thing to hear oh my god yeah devastating but also Especially to the parent who's not absent yeah gosh yeah <laughs> oh did he ever act really again after no so this was basically one of his last movies i think he might have done some others uh after his kids were full grown like in the early aughts or kind of like 20 teens his peak kind of what movies he was good at like in 90s father's I mean, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is an all-time great, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check it out, episode one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and another thing in the movie, it's all focused around the kids and specifically Becky, Rick Moranis' daughter. And her love interest is Devin Sawa, who I feel like was every teenage girl's love interest in the 90s. I mean, he wasn't mine as the, but I does. I'm not speaking for all girls in the nineties. <laughs> Maybe this is a cultural divide here because I would safely say in the states, it was. It was, yeah. Like, what about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Oh, like those two. Those he's two. definitely in the same ballpark. I don't know any of those people, so it makes me think. <laughs> again makes cultural me think divide. Cultural thing. <laughs> I, I, I am. Yeah, like you, I know, like the post, the pop star can up kind of thing. Yeah, it's like the people with the curtain, curtain bags. Yeah, that you. Uh, <laughs> They're back, maybe. You know, so but yeah, I, I think I, I can totally see it as well because it's like blonde hair parting down the middle, just like this sweet, charming little look, and he plays like the sweet guy who's gonna, you know, play for little giants. He's he's beautiful, but he doesn't have an ego. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a quarterback personality. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh, but obviously, having being an adult now, <laughs> it's hard to throw myself back to what I would think. In the 90s. That's good. You, That's you good. weren't falling for that eleven-year-old. That's no, good. Like, <laughs> Thank God. Uh, and that kind of tangentially brings me to my point, which is in this movie, you've got the teenage girl and Devin Sawa, love interest. They're playing football, which is a lot of close contact, and in some of these scenes a little too close for my liking. And I remember this, even watching this as a kid with my mom, like, well, <laughs> I don't like that the girl is on top of the boy. And I I'll definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like when Devin Sawa slapped her butt, you know, it did look consensual, uh, but nevertheless, it was a little much for me. I did love, well, I kind of loved and it made me sad for her, but her scene where she tries to like practice kissing with him. You know what? If they would have just left it at that, I would have been fine because that was a perfect scene of just like youthfulness, confusion, hormones. Full awkwardness. Yes. Full awkwardness. Slapstick of him falling off the little bench or whatever it was that they were sat on. And, you know, this thing of he sees her for who she is and he loves that about her, but he isn't quite at that stage where he really knows what he likes and yeah I thought it it was I thought it was done really interestingly 
But I'm actually glad it made you feel a little uncomfortable because <laughs> off the record, your notes cracked me up. <laughs> Too much sexual tension. <laughs> made, me <uptight>. <laughs> <laughs> made me uncomfortable 30 years ago. And it's still <laughs> it, oh my God. Yeah. Did either of y'all have that feeling when like watching movies with your parents and some sort of like kissing scene or God forbid love scene came on? My, my parents were so conservative and and stuck up about that stuff that everyone was like maximum discomfort i mean <laughs> my dad both my both my mom and dad were like seething if there was any sort of romance on screen oh so God. all of us just had to cringe everyone just cringed together oh please be over please be over cut cut <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's like i remember definitely i think even honey i shrunk the kids or something when they do the cpr Oh yeah! Like even that was like the, my first memory. There was once, and we're not conservative at all. We were literally upstairs watching. I can't remember what movie it was, but there was an allusion to the fact that two people had kissed. Maybe done a little more. I can't remember. And I, I suddenly look over and I like smack Jake on the arm because the Big Easy is planking on the floor. He's got his head like this, <laughs> and, and he's just going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then he just gets up and goes, I'm too young for this. <laughs> uh, the, the one parent in this movie that I found it interesting, and it was just one example of a parent, was the dad who was always away on travel. Yeah. Because I feel like these days, it would be every single parent. Like, I, I feel as if more you know more parents are working I, there have been multiple times when you know i've been taking the girls while jess is away or and it was interesting to me how it was like wow look at this like one parent who can't who in the it, suit. yeah in the suit who's just gotta be the businessman yeah. but it, it it isn't even like that anymore it, it just feels like work bleeds over we inevitably all become this parent who works too much and how their you know how their kids see that perceive them and i wonder whether that's down to how common it was at the time and i think it was in part and also like fulfilling the quota of types of parents that they were taking off yeah on the list yeah. you know like they had which i think was an important device like what are the kids motivation what are the parents motivations but um i think you're right like it is a, a parent who's traveling all the time for work isn't really a thing in, in the same way mm -hmm. um but I think I, actually, uh, so it was a big part of the kid's motivation, obviously, like, oh, he needs to see his dad. Uh, but but actually, I think people are much more involved, even though people are more involved in work. I think people are much more involved with their kids, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think mm. I think parents and dads actually spend more time and, uh, you know, more of them are showing up to practices and games than maybe potentially they ever did before, um, even though you do have more people who are probably spending more of their lives at work than they ever did before right yeah you're right actually i think that's true it's like it's it, the working hard you're working harder on both fronts yeah 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 less time to drink and hang out with your friends you know <laughs> i mean you can do that at practice too right you got <laughs> I, I see a lot of yetis at practice <laughs> <laughs> what is in your yeti yeah <laughs> I mean, the rest of the movie kind of goes on as you'd expect any football movie to like, there's a montage. Of course, they're down in the first half. They're down in the yeah, first half. Yeah. Yeah. And then through a miracle being Becky throwing down her pom-poms and rejoining the team. I did like how she was playing 
the the football game like in a skirt and in full pads i mean honestly now that i look back on that costume of hers it did have really strong xena warrior princess vibes to it yes i mean no wonder was it what's his face Devin. yeah Devin looked impressed yeah (laughs) you could tell he was he was starting to like wait so you can get a golf you can be a cheerleader and this is my dream combination. Uh, you can kind of guess how this movie ends um, spectacularly. But I want to know from y'all, what were some of your favorite quotes? Because this is a pretty funny movie. I felt like some of the punchlines, some of the gags and scenes still uh, held up. But wanted to get y'all's, y'all's favorite quotes. I don't know why it tickled me so much, but the football is 80% mental, 40% physical. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they got it they got it i think they did a really good i think all the quotes that i really liked and i kind of mentioned my favorite ones already i think they're ones that they do a really good job of creating a movie that kids will enjoy and parents will enjoy but for slightly different reasons i mean i think my my one's always going to be the um the that that's what they all thought about his height i don't know why that really took me (laughs) i think so I'm a shorter person, so I like any kind of inspiration I can get. I mean, he came back so confidently. I love that. That's what they all thought. Um, I really loved somebody's holding a pound of Aunt Betty's nut butter. <laughs> and with that one, I was like equally found it funny and equally proud that I understood it. Because <laughs> I'm staring at and I was like, now I understand it. Um, okay, Naomi, that brings us to our last question. <laughs> you just mentioned your Englishness. And so I would like to know how many American footballers do you think starred in this film? Just the number. Yeah, just the number. Five. Damn, I think you might be right. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) I, oh, here's the thing. Also, I didn't do a count. (laughs) (laughs) I, when the bus turned up and this guy was talking, I was like, I don't know where the story's going. And then the big men, as I called them <laughs> in my notes, walked off the bus and then they were good at playing. And I went, I think they might be, I was like, this feels like these might be cameos by the best actors that they could gather out of the NFL. Like that was how it felt. Like they were just like yelling at them. And like, I thought it was great. And I loved that scene. And then I was like, wait, is the bus driver actually a coach or is he a famous player? I have no idea. I cannot name a single one of them. Well, bus that the coach featured was John Madden. And you probably know, remember that name or recognize the name from yeah. video games, Madden. Do, do your boys talk about Madden? Oh, I've heard of Madden. Yes, that is Madden, the bus driver. But he also plays football. He coached football. And I think he probably played football too. Is Madden a football game? Yes. Madden, okay. Yeah, when they, when they say Madden, they're talking about like the NFL football game okay. for PlayStation. So he's a big deal. So that, yeah. that video game has come out every year since 1990. So I, it's had like 33 years of it. I've definitely heard of Madden. So that's cool. Yeah. And now you can put a face to the name. To another word that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else of note? Yes. Kevin, you want to take this? No, I don't actually know the players. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, the only, the only other one that I recognized off the cut was... Uh, Emmett Smith, great oh, running back. And I think there is one more. I want to say, I want to say the name Bruce Smith, 
but don't quote me on that. And Ed O'Neill himself was also a football player too. So he just kind of has that natural look about him. I've never actually seen other thing, Bundy thing that you talked about. Married with children. Yeah, I never saw that. Mm -hmm. Didn't make it to England, unfortunately. However, I always (laughs) always got the feeling that he would have been good looking in his day. And he was not, I mean, apart from the chewing gum, which I cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't a bad looking guy. That's <laughs> well, married with children would have changed your perception quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Because I only realized it was him because I was watching the movie and then I needed to run grab something and I heard the voice and I'm like, oh, it's Jay. And I made the connection, but it's like, I'm sure in terms of like 90s actors, what they were looking for in someone who is going to be this kind of chauvinistic football coach of a little league that he fits the criteria like he looks exactly like that the dark swooping hair all of the characteristics it was yeah. great um fun fact about that he and rick moranis were not the first choices for the lead characters really? in this really? the the first choices were in fact and i feel like you're gonna love this kevin gary Busey and Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Oh my God, that would have been wheels off. That would absolutely (laughs) wheels off. Wait, is he in Home Alone? No, he's in National Lampoons. And by the way, y'all, if you Google search Randy Quaid right now, not the most flattering first picture in the results. No, but also both him and Gary Busey are like crazy right now. (laughs) They have totally gone off the rails. Well, maybe they made the right choices because Rick Moranis doesn't exactly give like. JL and crazy vibes going on. Yeah, no, I think they made the right picks for uh, the parents in this movie. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a great time and loved having your personal experience as a coach. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. This was super, super fun. It's great to meet you. Chris It's always great to hang out. Oh man, Kevin, we wish you nothing but the best of luck with the season moving forward. (laughs) The inevitable party that will be happening. Yes, I can't wait. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Bye. Today we're going to learn how to, one tip, how to be sassy. You know how to be sassy? Good. But you got to have a lot of character. A tip. Just a tip. Okay? Have a lot of character to be sassy. Sassy. This is the Chameleon. I want to tell you something. We cannot go on the playground today because there is a hurt fox. But it's okay. It wasn't really a lot of hurtness. This needed to go to the hospital, the wild hospital. And we didn't have time to play.